Welcome to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of CFE's news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. Well, I did for a little bit. But this week, we've got the Gold Hoarders coming in for the end of the month episode. We have a community weekend to address, as well as all of the news around Sea of Thieves, getting its update, and going to PlayStation 5. All that and more in this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. But before we get into any of that, I want to thank the patrons. They are the ones that are supporting this content and more. They're the ones that helped me get a new PC. They are helping me get to Festive Legends, and their support means the world to me. So I want to give them their due diligence by thanking them every episode uh, just to make sure that they know I appreciate their support. So thank you to Elcute, Balls, Blue Turtle V1, Captain Chonky, Captain Hatchet, Captain Hayes, Captain Longshark, Chateau Neuf, Super Pack, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mirror, Iron John, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Godhammer 6, I'm Dependa Now, Jorby Jorbs, Jay Hood, Carl Embo, Kazia the Aficionado, Cryptic Slayer, Lumpy SRQ, Evil Morpheus, Space Admiral Ors, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Nipperkim, Norwegian, Raja the Brave, Regis Stella the Brony Pirate, Replicated Flame, Rustbell Kid, Skamelt 666, Captain Dasm, Tommy D, TN Professor, Rio Big Tuna, Big Bag Pad, Adorable, Mina Fairy, Anthony N. Jr., Captain J. Rat of the Flaming Cold Sore, The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Hager Owl, Jeff H., Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruskidoo, Thor Von Blitz, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, and Zam Wow. Thank you all so much for your support. It really does mean the world to me. If you heard this and you want your name shouted out as well, you can always head over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast to show your support for this content. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and let's get into it. All right, pirates, this week I am in uh, the the room with the gold hoarders. I was late this episode, and uh, there are a few things that I wanted to address before I get into the episode proper. Um, we uh, got to have our Twitch drops for Community Weekend this week. Um, there was some really awesome stuff that actually came out as a result, but because I was actually playing during the time that I uh, jumped onto recording, I didn't get to see some of the information that came out as a result of this community weekend. There was a game blast, uh, a, like kind of charity that was going on. And I wanted to shout that out because um, they managed to pull in some really good money for uh, special effects. So thanks to everyone that was streaming this weekend to try and do their 24 hour game blast for, for the um, uh, for special effect. Uh, I believe they managed to raise three thousand six hundred and forty five pounds uh which was all going to charity it was really awesome that they did that uh i think beha behaving beardly won the the weekend with um committing to bringing obsidian underpants to the game and support of that uh so really nice to see that i know the devs were on stream 
helping support this as well too it was really awesome to see and it was really nice uh it was it's one of those things where i want to uh acknowledge this because when you guys listen to the episode you're going to hear the side of me that came off of the frustration that happened as a result of some uh exploits that were found during the weekend uh, also, if, if you're listening to this, I'm really hoping that you decided to continue watching for Twitch drops because we got the Obsidian Drapes announced as a drop as well, too. In fact, as of recording this, it's a, a Sunday morning. I'm, I'm actually working on the episode as we speak, and I've got Fuzzy Bond up, uh, who is usually my, my go-to for drops because he's, for one, he's always on, and for two, he and I always have a good conversation whenever uh, we're in chat, so... Um, I'm, I'm watching him to get my obsidian drop. It's the last hour that I need to get for uh, the Twitch drops this weekend. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see that we, we got the amount of dives. Apparently, it was a 100,000 dives to be able to unlock the uh, obsidian drapes. And it was um, 500 hours streamed to be able to get a grade five. Uh, I, I, I had a lot of trouble this community weekend and maybe it's just because I didn't read multiple times like what the requirements were going to be for it. Um, but I, I do see that a lot of people managed to get some good loot out of this and I'm glad to see it too because I think that uh, unfortunately um, there there were some issues and, and you'll hear about those as we kind of go into it. And, I, and I, I'm going to sound frustrated, but that was of the time. I still think that at the end of the day, uh, what Rare decided to do was not necessarily the best approach uh, because it did punish everyone as opposed to just letting it slide. And I, and I think at the end of the day, it would have been easier and, and better just to let people have the fun. or if, if they're going to exploit, let them exploit for this weekend and then work on a fix that's actually going to come in after the, the community weekend. Because a lot of people heard about what was going on, found out by word of mouth, and then unfortunately kind of killed Athena for the weekend. Uh, which was kind of a shame. So if you guys listen to this, just understand that there was some context to why I came off the way I did. Um, but I really enjoyed the conversation that we did have with the Gold Hoarders. I think this is probably one of the cooler episodes to have the Gold Hoarders on just because of the news that came out this week and getting their opinion on what's going to be going on. It's, it's nice to feel like they have a vested interest in the game, even if it's going to be going to other platforms and stuff. Welcome everyone to the February Gold Hoarder episode for 2024. Uh, we are in the midst of a community weekend. I showed up late to this because I was streaming and did not realize uh, how much time can pass when you're sailing from island to island. Um, We've got quite a cast of characters for you all this week. I'm very happy to have uh, everyone dropping by to kind of chat and, and just share their thoughts on this. So we're going to be jumping into a few different topics uh, this week because I think there's some very interesting things that I genuinely want to know what your all feedback is on this because it's it's stuff that I think is both good good for the game, but also poor communication from the game. So I definitely want to talk about this, but uh, we're going to go down the list as we always do to talk and share uh, who's here and uh, how they're doing. So first up, we've got Carl Embo. Carl, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, thank you. Fantastic. Good to be back. Yeah, I'm glad you're back too. It was, it's good to, to talk to you. We'll have to check in about uh, family streams and stuff as well too. Um, next up, we have Norwegian. 
Norwegian, how you doing? Doing well. Welcome, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Awesome. Glad to have you back. Um, I know it's been a while. As always, consummate professional, Regis Stella. Regis, how you doing? I'm doing good, doing good, considering it's my mom's birthday today. Oh, man. Well, I hope you're doing yeah, something to, to, to celebrate, uh, even if she's not. Unfortunately, it was we didn't realize until it was too late, so... Oh, that's yeah, okay. Well, yeah. yeah, it's all right, it's all right. There's always... All I'm going to say is the best people are born on the 24th of February. <laughs> Actually, the 25th here. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Australia, remember? <laughs> you gotcha. You gotcha so good. Uh, and then last but not least, we have Static Mirror. Static, how you doing? Uh, not too bad. Got hot-dogged by my crew. Oh, um, oh my. They knew I had to drop out to come into this cold order recording. Yeah. And my fiance was going to take my place for the sell-off. Mm. So they, they hot-dogged me until I left. So that way she <laughs> could get all the loot. <laughs> oh man well i'm i i do appreciate you guys dropping in it is the midst of community weekend and i'm gonna start this off already with a little bit of venting by how uh how i was in the middle of streaming and uh i started to notice that uh the athena sea forts that i was doing because i figured I, I would log on i'd do some sea forts because we needed dives to be able to get this community weekend goal up to grade five and I was thinking, okay, well, you know, the quickest thing to do is dive to a sea fort. I can knock those out pretty quick, and they're definitely um, easy enough as a solo person to be able to handle uh, without, you know, losing too much. And as I started to turn stuff in, I started to kind of notice the value that for this loot was significantly reduced. And it's just, it, I was very surprised. I was like, that's weird. These these are usually worth a lot more. Like if it's supposed to be double gold, double glory weekend, why does this not feel like it's as impactful as it should be? So then I venture over to the Sea of Thieves Discord while streaming and notice this little excerpt uh, that came to us uh, from the devs. And it says, after close monitoring of today's events, we've made some temporary changes to the value of select items to ensure a fairer reward for certain behaviors. Now I'm gonna open this up to the gold hoarders. What do you all think that actually means? And I know some of you already have some of that information, so I'll, I'll ask you to kind of like keep it under wraps, but just based off of that one line, could any of you give me like a definite answer on what that actually entails? So when I seen that, I assumed that it was like they're rebalancing like the all this new perhaps, or like they're putting more higher tier loot in the more time consuming ones so you know how you get your little timer mm -hmm. um, thing on it uh, on each quest i assume that maybe they're putting like more value on the ones obtained for them so it's like maybe chucking the fina for example mm -hmm. uh in the, in the higher rate ones or something along those that, that's how i read it but obviously yeah. i've not been in yet so i don't know Static, I saw you, you had popped open. What do you think? Uh, my guess, maybe it has something to do with the ledgers. Mm. It's to make it fair for everybody that doesn't really have a chance to get on all the time. Mm -hmm. So they lower the Athena loot to lower the ledgers from just skyrocketing and completely knocking certain people out for by the end of the month. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else have any, any quick thoughts on that? Or, or should I kind of talk about my experience just from what you read right there that tells me something wasn't rewarding correctly and that they wanted to balance it out that be it something was way over 
rewarded or underrewarded, but no, I'm not sure what they mean exactly by that. I wish they would have given a little more detail as to what it is they're looking at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so my experience, and I'll share with you, and I think this might be the cause, and thanks to uh, the, the community members that I talked to in one of the channels for the, the boat swains, um, I was doing sea forts for Athena sea forts and the Athena voyage crates that are in there, um, we're, we're paying out about 4k at the start of the latest patch, the rebalance that we had. Right. And that made a sea fort roughly worth about 19, maybe 20 K total. If you grabbed everything and that was, uh, with whatever you could get for like the first one with a grade three. Uh, flag that you got at the end of completing one of those like you could get up to grade three it took three c forts to be able to get grade five but just off of one c fort that was about 20k and i went and turned in some voyages uh or some of those crates and i started to notice like the one that i grabbed to turn in uh was only worth 440 on community weekend where it's supposed to be double gold and i don't know what's going on over there I don't know what people are doing, but had I not seen the message in the Discord, I can imagine a lot of people, myself included, being very frustrated after finding out that all of the Athena loot in a sea fort is worth trash right now. It is not even worth doing those unless you're trying to get a grade five. So I don't know what extent it is, but the the issue that I take with this isn't so much the gold because, you know, gold is you can make gold just about anywhere. It's tons, tons of gold. But it's the poor communication that came as a result of this. I haven't checked Twitter. I shouldn't have to check Twitter. But there's no information in the game that explains that there's been a change to the value of items. So if you're just a normal person going in, playing the game naturally, you're not trying to exploit anything. You're just doing what you think is a fun thing to do to work towards your ledgers and you realize that something is off. There's nothing in the game to tell you that this is an intended choice that was made and not just a random bug and that is frustrating to me i don't know am i alone in this or does that does that resonate with you guys when you hear this yeah it does i mean just it would be nice if i decide to make like a little you know message in the game instead of just making like you know you have to check your discord your twitter it, anything anything other than just you know the game itself mm -hmm. you know just would be nice it would be nice to have you know these notifications in game like say like a parrot swoops down and just delivers you a message like a like a flying letter or something like that like hogwarts style if you will yeah it is strange there's no way of really communicating much in game uh, the only way they've really done it as of late is you wake up with a letter basically stuck to your head mm -hmm. um other than that <laughs> there's not really been any way has there no yeah it's i'm i'm frustrated i'm gonna i'm gonna get over it but I, I really dislike the the lack of communication and and the only communication that we have is so vague that it doesn't it doesn't offer a sense of security for the people that are playing the game because at any point if I'm doing Athena Sea Forts and they change something I don't know if what I'm doing is going to be considered an exploit so am am, am I at risk because I was streaming and happened to be doing Athena Sea Forts when this came out I don't think so but I'm not 100% certain either. Um, I just wanted to get this out into the open that I think that the communication needs to be stronger. I think it needs to be more clear. If you're going to be addressing the value of loot in the game, you need to tell us what that loot is, not just leave it up to the, 
I'm subtweeting you to know to let you know that I know what you're doing kind of thing because that's not good communication from a company. That's what people do to argue on Twitter. Um, I did want to get into some actual conversation about uh, Sea of Thieves on uh, PlayStation 5. Um, this was an announcement that uh, came out this week. We found out that Rare is going to be producing their first game on a Sony platform uh, for the first time in the 40, 45 years, I think we're closing in on, 45 years that the company's been in existence. Um, so really kind of surprised by this. Uh, did anybody see this or, or have any thoughts on uh, what you think of, of Sony getting Sea of Thieves um, and what that community might entail? So... I've obviously, as soon as the rumors started coming out about this, I've said all along that it's the perfect time with all the quality of life they put into the game. And uh, you just kind of felt like something was being built up such as this. Um, especially with like, oh, look, we've made it easier to, when you do the maiden voyage, you then wake up on your boat. Uh, oh, look, we've got all these new quests, like ways to find things, making it so much easier and quicker. Um, so I think it's, you know, it, it, it's been building up for a while, this. The idea of bringing a whole console community on board is really exciting. But at the same time, obviously, there's a few issues at the moment, uh, which I'm pretty sure everyone's aware of, which needs to be fixed quite quickly. Um, as soon as, if you get on, as long as you get on top of that, by the time it launches, I can see it going really, really well. Mm -hmm. And I'm quite excited to see the amount of new people coming into the community new content creators and also as with anytime you bring new people in new ideas new things to to do in the game and you know it's it's exciting times that's a really good point i hadn't actually even considered the uh the new idea aspect out of this i figured we'd get new content creators and uh some new players but um yeah fresh takes on something from their perspective would be good uh what did everyone else think of of this so feel free to jump in norwegian let's go with you all righty uh, I'm, a couple of things, my, excuse me, a couple things on my mind about this. Number one, this is 100% a win. Anytime that you open this up and make it accessible to more players and you bring in more community, it's a win. We as gamers win and benefit by this by increasing just the exposure to where you can play. That's been Microsoft's whole thing of play anywhere, whatever you're on. You, we want you in our ecosystem. And instead of having to, I'm, this is how old I am, I remember having to figure out which house we were going to go to as kids because they had a Nintendo 64, they had a PS2. This, you don't have to do this, this works great. Um, but this just makes me wonder how long they've been working on this, if this why we had such a long season nine. So it, in retrospect, a lot of things make more sense now with what they've done. Yeah, no, I definitely agree on that one. And it's nice to hear that uh, that you guys uh, all uh, so far seem to be coming into the idea that the more that people are playing this game, the better it'll be. Um, Regis is having some some trouble with uh, their microphone. Um, Static, did you have some thoughts on this while we give uh, Regis some time? Yeah. Um <clears throat> I enjoy the fact that PlayStation's coming in. It mm. uh, new players, new players are fun. Uh, it just, and I think it will also drive a slight console war battle again. You know, between player versus player, like oh, it's better on PlayStation than it is on Xbox. That type of stuff. That's fine. I mean, that's fun little competition that I enjoy. 
uh, the, the only thing I'm not thrilled about is the fact that they push back this season already. So that way they can bring in PlayStation at the same time as season 12. So they added like three more weeks to the season. Like I, at this point in time, I'm just upset with the fact that they keep pushing stuff back. Mm. It like you could have brought in season 12 and then they could have tied in the release of PlayStation on the anniversary date. Yeah. So where it would be, where it would be anniversary number six for Xbox and PC, it would be essentially anniversary one, you know, for PlayStation a year from now. Yeah. But the fact that they push back season 12, so that way it coincides with release of PlayStation is upsetting. Yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm with you on that. I, I, I was expecting it to be on March 20th uh for for the launch because i figured it would have been a perfect way to kick off the anniversary is hey we're we're gonna flood them flood the game with a whole new ecosystem and uh I, I'm, I'm not really sure why they decided to launch for or shoot for april 30th uh, but the additional increase to season was something that i think went under the radar for um not under the radar but it was a it was a silent delay that rare seems too comfortable with and they haven't even acknowledged it yet online anywhere they haven't even like said hey here's the reason why we're pushing it back or you know sorry we had to push it back they haven't even acknowledged this yet yeah regis did you want to jump in on the uh the initial conversation before we dive into the dates and stuff yeah i'm just gonna wonder about uh what kind of cosmetics, PlayStation-themed cosmetics, mind you, are going to be coming to the game for PlayStation-only people? But, you know, that's uncharted territory for you. Maybe we get God of War, Gretchen and Clank. I doubt we're going to get Spider-Man, though. What would you like to have out of all their IPs? Um, uh, That's a good question. Uh, God of War, maybe? Considering <laughs> how well that game's turned out to be in the last few installments. Yeah, definitely. I think we've got a, a set right now that I was playing around with as kind of like a God of War, but I would I would very much like to have a, a straight God of War uh, set from them. Um, I want to yeah. see if we can uh, go back to the conversation. I don't want to lose the uh, the 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 um, the thought of like this being a delay. We are going to be delayed for season eleven. It is getting extended to April thirtieth for the launch of the PlayStation. Uh, version how is how are you guys feeling uh, about that is is any ideas about maybe why they decided to push it out or or what's going on with that the only thing i could think of is if um they pushed it back to, to coincide with the launch of ps5 um and i wonder if it's something to do with microsoft if they've chosen something about the dates perhaps um because i have noticed the games they've announced i believe they're all staggered dates so it's not like oh from this date, you'll be able to play these four games. Mm -hmm. It's like, right, this day, this game comes out a week later, this game, a week after, that game. So I wonder if it might have been higher powers, potentially. Um, but I, I I, do think it would have been better on like the anniversary updates. Yeah. I do know that there are at least a few games that are coming out around March 20th. Um, if I'm looking at the list that I have, there's Lightyear Frontier, uh, there's Alone in the Dark, there's Dragon's Dogma 2 on the 22nd, there's Princess Peach Showtime on the 22nd, there's Rise of Ronin on the 22nd. So at least from a, a PlayStation perspective, they've actually got quite a bit of content getting dropped on that day. And maybe, uh, Carl, I think maybe you've, you've kind of nailed it that 
Microsoft looked at what's actually coming out and said, hey, we are going to have to to get some headway with this. And if we do this on this date, then it's going to effectively kill the launch. Did anyone else have any thoughts they want to jump in with? Yeah, I just want to know when. Okay, never, okay, never mind. I was going to say, like, maybe they just want to, like, try not to compete with, like, Skull and Bones as being, like, their main pirate competitor, air quote. True. But... I, I think I think like you know just I don't know I just don't see Skull Bones that worthy of a contender. But like like you said last week, well like you said the last episode Logan like uh, Skull and Bones is not like the most competent competitor, but it will just uh, give some give CFE some like you know you know competition if you will. It's true. Um, the further they put it away from season one, which uh, Carl mentions in our chat is February twenty seventh, which is as of recording, three days from now. Uh, if yeah. it, if it launches in February, it'll be probably mid season by the time Sea of Thieves is ready to launch on PlayStation, maybe having a little more space away from that content when people are, are kind of done with season one for Skull and Bones, maybe they want to jump over and try out a new season of Sea of Thieves. Yeah, that that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of getting, but maybe maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's like what Carl said, like just the higher ups kind of like just saw like the cluster beep of uh of that's happening in March. And like, okay, maybe not a good idea to release PlayStation CFEs on PlayStation and on the sixth anniversary of the game. So maybe just late next late the month like like sometime the month after. Just you know, just yeah. I could definitely, definitely see it. Yeah, I could definitely see it too. Anybody want to jump in on that as well too before I uh, shift this away? could also be that they're just not ready. I mean, game development's hard. It's a lot of work that goes into it, and we don't know what goes on in the background, but it might not be ready yet. I'd rather them put something out that is ready. I just wish they would stop announcing things before it is, and then it gets delayed and pushed back. That's... That's what drives me crazy is just between Rare and Microsoft, just the announcement and how they do their press releases. That needs work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree. Uh, they've, they've been very clear that they want to try and um, be better about the updates and when things are actually going to be launching. Uh, them delaying this and then hiding or masking the delay behind the launch of season uh the the new season for or season 12 for i guess for playstation players it it does feel frustrating to think like okay that's three more weeks where we're going to have to see like what's actually in this update because at the moment uh there's no adventure listed on season 11 um if you go to the adventure tab and see a thieves and you take a look to see like what's actually in there it just says ended uh there's nothing kind of teasing us about what's going to be coming if anything's going to be coming adventure wise for season 11 um we typically rely on that a lot to kind of get a gauge on like how much content is actually going to be delivered in a season and currently there's there's not much on the horizon well when was the last time we actually had uh content come out for adventure i know we had the monkey island hotels but like far as lore goes everything is ground to a halt and there's no information coming out about it it was a year ago the last adventure was a year ago we had uh the one that was like the preface with um the sword of souls being corrupted right before the monkey island but i i want to say that that was in june and then we had the the delay of or the extension of the season and then it wasn't until the end of july that we actually got the first tall tale 
for Monkey Island. I thought the last adventure was the one with Briggsy where she went through the portal. That was the last one for Briggsy's story um, before we found out that the Dark Brethren were going to be kind of absconding with her and uh, to, to find that temple. That's kind of like the last time that we had like a solid uh, story that wasn't tied to Monkey Island, but we did have that one that was just, we had to kind of sail around to try and follow the rat. And then it ended on Port Merrick where the rat ran into the room. And then when you opened up that little door underneath the, uh, underneath uh, Port Merrick, it kind of showed you all the different adventures and it had all the little books and the little mementos in there. And then uh, it had the Sword of Souls. And then uh, we found out that it eventually ended up being, um, uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? Not Flameheart. LeChuck. LeChuck. Uh, it ended up being LeChuck in disguise. And uh, he he took the Sword of Souls and corrupted it. And then that was the precursor to the uh, Monkey Island Tall Tales. So that came out June 22nd. So that was eight months ago. Man. So yeah, we, we still don't know what's going on with that. We have seen that the, uh, the orb, which... Um, Apparently, it's just a, a thing that goes for whoever's the most powerful sitting in the Reaper's Tavern uh, or Reaper's Hideout, um, suggesting that there's going to be some changes coming to the seas. And uh, we've seen that the Port Merrick Order of Souls representative has uh, some cards on there, and one of the cards represents uh, resurrection in skeleton runes um so we know that they are they are leading up to story but we have zero dates um and and zero prospects on on when that's going to actually happen which makes me wonder i'm hoping that they don't i'm hoping that they at least give us uh the round out to briggsy's adventures before season 12 just so that they have like an ending to that two story adventure that got interrupted by the monkey island content you see talking about the briggs one this is something else i thought about with uh, the release to playstation is the amount of current open-ended adventures um and lore so you've got the dark brethren you've got um demarco you've got obviously briggsy um how are the PlayStation players going to come into this for the first time and then all of a sudden we continue halfway through some of these stories that they can no longer replay? I wonder if there's a way that they could potentially like do some sort of recap of everything to bring everyone up to speed um, for, who, for people who haven't played the game before. Because otherwise it's going to be quite confusing when suddenly everyone's like, oh my god, Flameheart's back, and they're like, wait, who's Flameheart? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's, what's all the hype about? Well, when you talk about big shouty cloud in the sky, yeah, I think they need. I think that needs to be addressed as well. I thought they were going to make past adventures replayable. Like it was going to be a section on like the voyages or whatever you can select from your table. I thought for some reason I overheard in one of the podcasts that they were going to make all older adventures playable for story-wise for people to catch up. I do recall stuff about that. It, it it's kind of like when Mike confirmed that uh, loadouts were coming for cosmetics for for clothing. Um, at this point, it feels like something that they that they want to have happen. It but there's just no there's no follow up or, or communication on when that's going to happen. So it's kind of it's like on the list of things to do. Um, so hopefully we'll hear more about that. Um, yeah, I don't know how they're going to address the story for PlayStation fans. Uh, I, I, and currently they've, um, unlocked all of the tall tales. So you don't even have to progress through the tall tales in their natural order. 
you can just do, you know, you can do the first one uh, with the, the um, shroud breaker. Then you can jump over to, uh, you know, the, the stars in the sky uh, with um, suds. And then you could go do the, uh, the you know, last one uh, with the uh, shores of gold. And there's not really there's not really any any through line with that anymore. You might want to get Mike Chapman on this on this podcast again just to explain like, oh, where's the law going now? <laughs> Considering like you know the absolute again cluster beep that's going on with like the loose ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I've reached out to the devs. Um, I I haven't heard anything back about being able to get any anyone on to be able to to talk about the the current state or how it's going to be, but definitely been reaching out to them to see if i can get any headway on that unfortunately yeah that's all right maybe later on in the year you definitely you definitely need to catch up with uh, mike chapman himself yeah it's it's been about six months at this point since the uh, last time i got to talk to him Did anyone else have any thoughts about uh how the story is going to play out for playstation fans already I did want to check and see how everyone did with the update that came last week. Uh, the install size for console owners was, uh, and for PC actually, I think Steam was the only one that got away with a 10, 10 gig update. Um, how did you guys do as far as the 100 gig install? Were, was was everything turned out all right? Did you run into any issues? Did you feel like it was uh, a lot more than you were expecting? It was definitely a lot more than I was expecting because... I got a new PC, had to reinstall, had to reinstall Sea of Thieves to this PC, as well as the Insider program. And I'm the one, I'm the, again, Australian, so Australian internet's not exactly the best internet in the world, so I had to wait longer. So I say I had to wait like a full 24 hours for like the full game to actually, you know, reinstall itself, essentially reinstall the same game twice, if you will, once to get the game and another to like you know update the game so yeah man that's 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 my situation that's brutal um carl you said that you're on steam yeah so i'm on steam on my account so it was nice quick done in no time um oliver had uh he's got his on the microsoft pass uh my son mm. and his update went perfectly fine um that's good but he also had yeah also hasn't played it much recently this week so i don't know how that's uh gone on but the download itself wasn't too bad but i've got like the best package broadband available to me yeah yeah that can definitely so. make it uh, uh, alleviate a lot of the strain on that one norwegian you said you had no issues on xbox i'm one of the fortunate ones i know people on pc had some issues but i was on xbox and i paid way too much money for my uh isp so it was already <laughs> done downloading by the time i got up in the morning and fired up to have them with my coffee and enjoyed it for a minute man that sounds nice static how was your experience uh i have mine set to automatically update even if it's not on so it was done by the time i got done with work oh wow nice mine's always 50 50 on that some like one of my xboxes updated but the other one didn't so i was like okay well i, I can never tell which one's gonna be the one that that actually makes it out So one thing I did want to bring up uh, as well, too, um, this was actually a topic that came in from Godhammer6, uh, who reached out to say that they wouldn't be able to be on the, the episode, but they had a really good idea. And the idea was how to make Fort of Fortunes relevant again. And his thought was essentially keep the Athena loot the same, but the rest of the treasure make it the new kingly treasure. 
stuff. So if you guys have been out and you've done any of the bottle of quests or messages in a bottle, or uh, I guess, uh, uh, what's it called? The uh, emergent skeleton captains or a shipwreck, you'll probably have come across some of those kingly treasures, like a king's chest or an ashen king's chest or the crowns, things like that. And those are worth a, a hefty sum. Uh, they are worth quite a bit of gold. And the idea of making the Fort of Fortune relevant, considering it's some of the hardest content in the game, uh, by increasing the value of that treasure, I wanted to op open it all to you first to kind of get your thoughts on this uh, before, before I, I give my two cents on this. But uh, I wanted to see if you think this would be the right approach for uh, making the Fort of Fortunes relevant. Again, do you think that Fort of Fortunes are relevant in general? Uh, or do you think that they could do something different altogether? I think the Fort of Fortune was relevant when they had the Chest of Fortune in it. But yeah, I agree with the with Godhammer, like, you know, just keep the Athena loot, change the regular loot to Kingly Treasure to make it, you know, worthwhile loot to make it like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like a thousand, a hundred, hundred K for like, you know, the amount of loot you get depending on the emissary or not mm. so yeah i agree so i agree i think something does need to change um the two world events that you cannot dive to for the fortune and the fleet of fortune mm -hmm. because they want them to be focused on pvp they want that aspect of you know of having to sail to it in the open world you can't just dive to it anymore. You know, they, they want they want people to actively they hear the sound of it spawn and everyone goes to it. But since they removed the chest of fortune from there, it's you know, yeah, it's still probably the best force in the game for loot, but there's not really anything worth fighting over anymore. Um it's very similar situation with Fort the Dam for that matter. You know, you see a Fort the Damned up, you it used to be a case that everyone on the server would come at you. Mm -hmm. But now they you can pretty much do Fort the Damned uncontested most of the time. Um so I think, yeah, increasing the amount of loot in there, making it worthwhile, making it something worth fighting over and, you know, where people will actually go, oh, Fort of Fortune's just popped. We should really go do that now and grab this stuff whilst we can. Um, I think it's definitely something that needs to be done. All righty. Who else? Static? Um, yes. So I agree. It needs to be updated. I will disagree, however, with the kingly loot. Reason being, that kingly loot is everywhere now. Any sunken ship you go to, there's like three or four pieces of kingly loot. You find a bottle, you dig it up, it's kingly loot. This kingly loot is everywhere to the point where I think it's redundant to throw it in a fort of fortune. Um, now, my opinion on that is, still keep the chest of fortune in there regardless. Because, I mean, it's still a sought-after chest. Even if you have only the Fleef up right now with the Chest of Fortune, well, if you also had the Fort of Fortune with the Chest of Fortune, you now have two world events that would be constantly contested. And for replacement loot, I would say all the highest tier raid loot possible for, like, the Gold Hoarders, the Merchants, and the Order of Souls. Because right now, the only way to get that new loot is if it's from a raid. Well, take those high-end pieces and throw them into the fort of fortune as well so you do the fort of fortune you'll get an ash and i mean you'll get a um, chest of legends you'll get a fort of uh uh a chest of fortune you'll get the new late raid loot from all the different factions it just you know make it worth that while really put in some sought after loot into it to really make people want to fight for it but the kingly loot like i said you can find it anywhere i mean like today 
we went in with literally no goal in mind and we sailed from sunken ship to sunken ship and within probably an hour we sold over like 200,000 gold worth of stuff and it was all stuff that we found in sunken ships and that was it man i'm kind of with you on that i i think that's actually probably probably approach that i think would draw a lot more attention to those four to fortunes um Interesting. Yeah, I'd be down for that. I think that's a really good way to approach it. Because you already have people hopping from server to server looking for the fleef. Yeah. Well, if they know that the chest of fortune is still going to be in the fort of fortune, they might not want to hop servers because, oh, the fleef just went down. But then they hear that sound. Oh, the, the fort of fortune is up. Let's go. I wonder if it would be one of those things where they, where you would run into a situation where one person just finished up uh, a fleef. And then they go to turn in as a Foff spawns and they completely ignore the Foff because they just got done with a Fleef. I would. I'd ignore it. I've got no reason to go to it at the moment. So I've got my chest of fortune. I'm happy. I'll probably go find something else. Yeah. Yeah. But if that's the case, I mean, then it leaves it open for another crew to get a chest. Or if you get that one greedy crew that's like, all right, let's go hand this in. Let's go take this other crew out before they get it too. There are some sweaty, greedy pirates out there. I could definitely see it going both ways. I actually don't mind either option. I think uh, I think that we would probably need to be a, a little more cautious about uh, like how frequent these things pop up. I think maybe it would be like one or the other and having two up at the same. Well, I guess you can't have two at the same time, so that's not, not a problem. But I'm just trying to think of uh, a way to, to do it. What if they had a FOF that was only in the roar at molten sands i was gonna say give it the same spawn rates as molten sands <laughs> with that with that level loot it'll be amazing as a matter of fact i've been saying it for ages do that to molten sands and get people going back to it because that is the most underrated fort it's a challenge yes i understand why people don't like it but it's so much fun and if you've ever tried to steal um from there because back in the day when it first started and they had the chest of rage in there i was doing my five stolen so i was actually tucking on that fort without my ship with the volcano going off and it was just chaos and it was amazing and i want more of it what do you guys think yay nay make it molten sands i like it more reason to go over there Nay, i hate the devil's roar change it for nice biome all righty so looking back at some of the topics that i wanted to talk about we managed to cover uh the install size for the game we managed to talk about the uh the fort of fortune update i think that's a really good idea i like the top tier items coming in over the kingly stuff i think the kingly stuff is cool but if you really wanted to make that thing contested uh add the things that are commendation based to it um covered sea of thieves on playstation 5 uh i vented about the athena stuff that they did today overall though um i think that they did a pretty good job with rebalancing the athena voyage so i wanted to dive into that see has anyone gotten an opportunity to do the new athena's voyage no one i've not been able to do it myself yet but i have heard a lot of uh positive stories should yeah. say um from it so from I, i'm i'm looking forward to getting back into it um i've just been dealing with other things recently so i've not had a chance to get into it but i'm very excited to actually go and do one of those athena voyages now you know i yeah. i posted about it probably two years ago saying i've just done this 35 items in total and about five were actually athena items so to see these people posting these these pictures on uh 
on X and Facebook showing the items they get now, it seems to be so much better um, yeah. that I'm actually like, I, I want to do it again. Yeah, it seems like, and uh, in, in I did uh, I did a couple of the, the emissary voyages, and from what I've heard, they're fairly similar, where you effectively get, uh, you get three maps before the fourth one, and the three maps that you get give you three pieces each, and then each of those three pieces are all Athena's loot, and they're all the new stuff, the new the things that came in with the uh, the veils. And um, once you get those done, you then get the final voyage, which is still the keg and the uh, chest of legends. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, the emissary voyages for hitting grade five for Athena is totally worth it very nice to get those um much better than having to to grind out a full veil given how how difficult though or how long those take compared to an emissary voyage um i haven't gotten to do a regular one because i've been testing the sea fort balance stuff and that's that's been a majority of my time uh on the seas so i haven't gotten to really mess around with the athena's voyage but based on what i've seen i'm glad that they adjusted it i think that it was a long time coming and i think they could have done it when they did the veils uh, back in the day. I'm, I'm not sure why it, it, it was something that didn't get addressed back when the Legend of the Veil got released. Did anyone want to share any thoughts on that one? Or are we good on that? And I think Static, you had one topic that you wanted to address. Yeah, I do. What you got? All right. <clears throat> My crew and I have been talking about this for a while, and I don't know if anybody else has experienced it, but I'm sure you have. It's got to be addressed. Uh, sharks are toxic. <laughs> Just sharks? The, the the spawn rate on sharks is insane right now. So let's say you pull your boat up to an island to like go kill a captain that's on there. You're in the water for a whole two seconds. You turn around, there's already a shark trying to get you on land. Um, I cannoned off to go deliver fish to a sea post today, and I had to swim for a total of 10 seconds to get, to get to the ladder. Uh, I got killed before I could make it to the ladder. Sharks instantly spawn on you now. It is absolutely disgusting. We dove down to a sunken ship to grab some treasure. Uh, luckily, there was a trident in there. By the time I came out of the ship with the trident, there was two sharks on me. I killed the two sharks. A third shark instantly spawned in front of me. I killed that one. Another shark spawned behind me. There was four sharks in a matter of... 20 seconds if even we can't go anywhere you can't do anything there's just sharks everywhere i mean i feel like the the fix here is rowboats and not going in the water right like i mean jaws taught us you know like don't go in the water if there's sharks right i get it i mean but the the spawn rate on the sharks have never been this bad they... i don't know when this spawn <laughs> rate changed i like i understand you're in the water for a while a shark comes out of nowhere yeah but if i jump into the water off the boat by accident there shouldn't be a like as soon as i turn around there shouldn't be a shark winking at me going hey buddy what's up so yes. go ahead carl well I've, I've got a bit of a fear on this so um i think the blame lies uh directly with puny obviously everyone's seen how successful puny's been you know going to try and give whole large hugs all the time and everything like that maybe these sharks are just wanting a bit of attention as well um maybe they just want want to cuddle they want a bit of the limelight as well perhaps <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the last time this happened uh, it was in the lead up to um, the, sh oh, let's see, we had the, oh God, I, this is the problem with doing a podcast for six years. I'm trying to remember what the original Megalodon event was called, the uh, mm, Hungering Deep. Um, so the last time that we had this happen, 
we had the Shrouded Deep, and it was just an adventure. It was a way to, to you know, get Merrick in trouble and then subsequently die, um, which really should just be a lesson that we shouldn't be messing around with the Shrouded Ghost, uh, especially now that I've killed it once. I think we can just take it out of the game and be good at that point. Um, but I think that... You're this- welcome. <laughs> yes, thank you, Norwegian. I appreciate it. Um, I think this is one of those things where this it seems to happen every other season uh where something in the world it doesn't it like one season it'll be sharks next season it'll be ghosts the season after that it'll probably be uh ocean crawlers but for whatever reason every season there seems to be one enemy type that accidentally gets the uh the 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 spawn rate just out of whack and i i I feel like this is something that we've we've seen quite often with things like where you just can't even go onto islands and then like three or four patches will come out and they'll say hey we've reduced the uh the number of encounters so it should be safer to get on islands and that's completely not true and then it'll be like sirens the next season um but it's definitely something that i think rare needs to address it's odd to me that in this conversation in this one podcast we're talking about how they they patched they hot fixed um the amount of value for athena treasure on sea forts because of of people exploiting how how you how much you're able to get but they can't go in and tweak the sharks which are just rampart it's it's it is absolutely insane i genuinely like i joked about like using rowboats and not getting in the water that is what i've had to do most of the time because every time i do a shark usually shows up and it, and it is it is exceedingly fast so i don't blame static for being frustrated by it at, at any point because it is out of hand uh but it is it's funny what attend what things get attention from the devs when it comes to uh comes to stuff if it affects ledgers and stuff it's it's not good but if it it affects the how, how often you're able to jump into the water and not get attacked or bit right away that that will let slide. I mean, you can't if you get into a ship battle with another crew, you can't even get into the water to board their ship. I'm more worried about getting killed by a shark trying to climb the ladder than I am getting blundered or shot with a sniper trying to get onto their boat. Yeah. Yeah, it does it does impact uh dives as well. Like if you're trying to do hourglass this weekend and the sharks are as as toxic as they are, um it's it's less of a reason for you to want to try and get aboard which is uh, unfortunately a lot of the ways that you have to secure those uh those those sinks is is by getting on board and locking them down and trying to stop them from being able to repair because they can just sail off in a direction and and you know repair and and bail and come back into the fight and it just prolongs the fight regis i know you know all about that um how how's the uh how's the pvp matches with all these sharks uh it's 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 getting really annoying i'm getting annoying basically (laughs) i know you're you're murdering everyone you come across but uh (laughs) have you have you had to deal with the the sharks as of late uh yes and it's yeah they definitely spawned faster like trying to like i tried to do like one of those uh merchant uh lost lost shipments when i get to the ship like they were like (sighs) i swear i saw like one shark spawn like as soon as i got in there (laughs) yeah yeah, it's pretty rough. I think Pony may have boosted the morale, but that's... You guys think that's rough, right? Fishing for island hoppers right now with those sharks. So that, I was, I was, you mentioned that in chat, and I was like, how do, what, what is the situation going on there? Because I, usually when I shop for, for when I fish for island hoppers, I'm usually on a beach 
like uh, shooting into a like mermaid's hideaway is like my go-to i'll send a picture next time i'm doing it but you're just standing there on the shore and they're just staring at you saying come on in water's fine <laughs> it's like a cat is telling you that it's food time that's pretty close actually all right i'm looking at what we had to cover for this episode i think i've got all of my questions taken care of was there anything that you all have experienced that you want to address and get out in the open during this therapy session? I just have one question. Maybe I'm just looking for a friend or a shoulder to cry on somebody to hold me and tell me it's okay. But why do you get hit by lightning when you're when you're fishing for stormfish and you get the <laughs> rare one? Why? <laughs> you know what you say? Please that help been, me, rare. I, I've been fishing stormfish recently. I I've not been hitting ages and i was actually thinking it's like this is really weird because when i was doing it for the legendary hunter it was like all the time but oh man no it's bad right now i've been hit twice in one day so i can give you a little insight on why you keep getting hit by lightning one there's always the random chance that yes you will get hit by lightning while you're fishing but what increases those odds if the last thing you were holding before you switched to a fishing rod was your sword it increases your chances greatly so in other words hold pineapples hold yeah. anything hold your rifle hold food anything but your sword before you switch over to the fishing pole because for some reason i was looking into this it still registers that your sword is theoretically equipped on you even though you're holding the fishing rod so the lightning just draws straight to you that would be a big problem because i always have that sword equipped i was really hoping you would come out and say well i double gun so what now what's going on but you didn't so i was i lost i lost out on that opportunity no but i am a walking lightning magnet right now so there you go i did want to ask uh actually carl go ahead i saw you i saw you open your up your mind uh, i was just gonna say if you tried changing your fishing rod maybe go for like the uh the splash tail one or something a bit more fish friendly <laughs> I've got I've got a very friendly one. I've got the rubber ducky one. It's about <laughs> as friendly as you get. Well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, one of the things that I I uh, you know we talked a little bit about skull and bones when we were talking about the PlayStation. I don't know if any of you have had an opportunity to watch any gameplay or, or even play the game uh, yourselves. But when I'm playing in that game and I'm sailing around and I happen to stumble into a storm, the atmosphere in skull and bones is such a vastly different experience compared to sea of thieves that i genuinely am envious of the storms in skull and bones there are things in that storm that feel more authentic to an actual storm uh, at sea than what we currently have in sea of thieves and one of the things that i wanted to call out about that is lightning flashes um, the way lightning flashes happen in skull and bones, uh, feels like when you're in a, when you're, when you're at home and there's a, a thunderstorm passing by and a flash of lightning happens and the whole world just, it's like somebody turned the lights on and then turned the lights off real quick. You can see like everything's illuminated and then it immediately goes dark. That happens in skull and bones in such a beautiful way that every time I think about like, what is lightning like in Sea of Thieves? The only thing I can think of is it's a bolt of lightning that usually hits a crewmate when they're trying to do something and then it sets the ship on fire. We rarely ever see lightning strikes in the water. Uh, we rarely ever see the lighting actually address like the environment whenever it, it goes off. It doesn't really, it doesn't like you can't be sailing 
near a storm and have it be overcast and have a lightning strike and then have it kind of have that that illumination that flash that happens in an actual storm um and i really hope that it, if, if there was ever a time when these games were going to be compared to each other i hope that it's something where the environmental aspect of skull and bones uh is looked at from that perspective and then taken over to see if so that they can Take a look and see, like, what is wh what are we doing that we could maybe be doing a little bit better? Because I think that the storms in, in Skull and Bones far outweigh what we experience in Sea of Thieves right now. And I don't know if that's just because of the size of them or, or not. Maybe the storms just need to be better. I remember talking about this forever ago about how you can be in a storm in Sea of Thieves that is on an island but you're not getting swells of water from the waves and you're not getting uh like hurricane winds um on the on the actual island itself uh but i'm, I'm very curious to, to to hear if have have any of you had an opportunity to see what this is like have any of you had a chance to see just like what it's what it feels like so i've only put a couple of hours into it and i've avoided the storm purposely twice um however you have just sold me to go and sail into the storm on purpose now yes so yeah do. i'm quite looking forward to it please do because it, it's so it's such a, a a different experience than what we're used to that i'm like how how are other people not talking about how good the storm is like yeah there's rogue waves that you have to worry about uh that can like smash your ship but it just like atmospherically, it is so cool to be in one of those storms in Skull and Bones. And, and I'm going to see if I can find like uh, some footage that I've taken of this and clip it out and throw it in the in the chat for you guys to be able to see because it's just so well done. I'm like so impressed by it. I don't know why it sticks out in my mind. Well, I mean, in all fairness, Skull and Bones has to have something that makes them better at something than Sea of Thieves. I mean, even if you don't like Sea of Thieves, if you're someone who doesn't care for this type of game, a lot of a lot of companies have praised Rare for how gorgeous their water is. Yeah. So I mean, like they like Rare has said themselves, if you're gonna have a game involving seas, well then your main thing better be your water better look good. So they have a pirate game where you're on a ship, you don't actually come off of it. Well then maybe they're big shining moment is uh let's make these storms really crazy really realistic yeah they definitely could have i i i, I can't wait to to see if i can grab a clip of this to share with you guys uh because i think it'll be really interesting to get your thoughts on this afterwards um but overall uh i i think that there's definitely some love to be shared about skull and bones even if it's not the the thing that everyone wanted uh i think that they've definitely done a good job in some aspects of it um and i'm curious to hear uh or more people kind of get their hands on at some point all right uh i know regis had to take off um it is past the time that i usually uh have you guys stay on i know and that's my fault for for staying late but i wanted to reach out and put it on the table if you guys had anything you wanted to address uh we can definitely address that now otherwise um, we'll probably call this a, a job well done and get back onto the seas. Alrighty. Well, if everyone's good, then let's go down the list. Um, Regis had to take off. Uh, no stories as far as I know that Regis has been able to put out as far as their fanfics. Um, but definitely, if you have any questions, head over to the Discord and check in with them if you wanted to check any of that stuff out. Uh, Carl, we're heading out. Anything you want to promote or share or say as we uh, log out on this episode? Uh, there's only one particular thing I want to address um, and say, which is we believe in Obsidian Underpants. Um, I believe it's a very 
worthwhile course, and I think it would be a great addition to the game. But other than that, no, um, all good my side. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a. If you guys don't know, there's a um, leader and and uh, um, oh my gosh, what's his handle? Loki. 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 Maybe. That's why. Um, they are uh, the the underpants crew. They've been championing uh, over in the UK the the Obsidian underpants. Uh, because we have a, a, a pants in in the game, you can change the color of them if you want, but you, there's no obsidian kind. So uh, there's been a post out. I think it was uh, Behaving Beardly um, who uh, had, had effectively like committed to the obsidian underpants crew, which was nice to see. Carl, you're correcting me. It's uh, Germany, technically, yeah. Loki and, and Leader uh, and Anja are, for, are in Germany, um, but I I. I remember it from when they gave a pair of underpants to Mike Chapman at SOT Fest. So that's uh, unfortunately <laughs> that's my point of reference. But yes, they are German. That's a great image that is. To be fair, though, yeah, it was it was entertaining. It was a really good moment. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun to see folks uh, championing on the Obsidian underpants. I I have no umbrage with. I'm totally fine with that. Outside of that, uh, let's head down the next list and call out Norwegian. Norwegian. We're heading out. Anything you want to shout out or say? As always, if you need help, reach out to the Sherpa. Great group of people willing to help you and teach you. And it's also going to be a good thing for all the PS5 players. So, And welcome, PlayStation players. We're coming for you. Be ready. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a, at least one or two more Gold Hoarder episodes, I think, at this point um, before we actually get that launched. So it'll be curious to see like how cross-progression works, if it does or it doesn't. I, I'm probably going to be buying a copy, so I, I can't wait to see if they're going to re-release the uh, the uh, black dog, uh, the black sea dog set for it or not. Um, besides that, static. We are heading out. Anything you want to shout out or say before we uh, close out? Yeah. By the time this podcast comes out, I hope everybody had a great community weekend, and I hope you got a good amount of uh, pop-up plunder. And as always, I'm still waiting on my bagpipes and crystal pigs. <laughs> crystal pigs oh my god i forgot all about the crystal pigs i'm sorry those it's such a good uh good want um all right that's gonna do it for this episode thanks to everyone for hanging out with me uh i appreciate you guys bearing with me as i was streaming and completely uh let the time get past me uh on that but pirates that's gonna do it so thank you i love you and i look forward to sailing with you on the sea of thieves